Welcome to the YYY Show, a comedy podcast about search histories, life, and Japalang things. I'm Jingan. And I'm Eliza. And in this podcast, we are going to talk about interesting things that we search for on the internet this week. But first, we need to make a small disclaimer. This is a comedy podcast and we do our best to research the things that we find. If there's anything that is factually inaccurate, please send us your corrections through our social media channels. You can find us at YY Show on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Alright, let's start the show. We are back. We are back. From our mid-season break. Yes. And it is now episode 76. Eh? Yes. Seven seasons. Yes. And we are recording it on the National Day weekend. Yes. So, this is a special Singapore-centric episode. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We are going to talk about some locally applicable search terms. Okay, happy <laughs> National Day to all listeners in Singapore. Alright, let's start the show. So, Jingan, what is your search term of the week? My search term is... Why is Tampines called Tampines and not Tampines? Yeah, why is it not Tampines? Yeah, why? Uh, why, why? You want to guess first? By the way, for listeners who are not in Singapore, Tampines <laughs> is a place in Singapore, in the east of Singapore. Okay, and it is spelled T-A-M-P-I-N-E-S. Yep. So like, it's pines, right? Like so the any English-speaking person would read it as Tampines. Yes. Yeah, but it's Tampines. Yeah. Why? Why is it Tampines? Uh, it's Malay. Okay, yeah. It yeah, is Malay. It yeah. means Eastern something something. Eastern something something. Yeah, because it's the east. east side of Singapore. Okay, okay. That's uh, not correct. Okay, that's not correct. Uh, what does Tampines have? Uh? Tampines have Tampines Mall. <laughs> <laughs> wow, very nice. What else does it have? Uh, maybe it was a plantation of some sorts. Yeah, some kind of plantation. Okay, yes, quite close. So it's like a Kampong Tampines. Ah. Then the Kampong, they plant the Tampines tree. Okay, yeah, very close, very close. Tampines tree is correct. <gasps> yeah, okay, <laughs> uh, I'm close. Yes. Okay, right. so it is a type of ironwood tree, and the Malay name for it is Tampines. <gasps> yeah, so the way to spell Tampines is T E M P I N I S. Ah. So that's why we say it like that. Ah. Yeah, but then it was changed to like the, the way that it's spelled now. La. With the E, right? Yeah. P I N E S. Mm, correct. Ah. Yeah, so in the past, actually, Tampines is like, you know, forest, swamp, sand quarries, yes. that kind of thing. Yes. And then it used to be a military training area, and then at some point, it was also a rubber plantation. Mm. Yeah, this name, right, actually dates back to 1828, mm. when the British came over, la, and then That's they want pretty to... pretty long ago. Yeah, they want to uh. make a plan for Singapore. Yes. Then, like, then they make this uh, map, la. then on the map, got this word, Tampines. Uh, that's ah. where the name came from. Oh, okay. So the ironwood tree mm-hmm. got a lot down mm, there, mm-hmm. but now don't have really. Okay, so yeah. <laughs> when the British came, then they see there's a lot of dead trees, then mm. they make the map, then they call it Tampines after the tree. Ah, uh, correct. All the trees in the yeah, area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, okay. like, everybody call that area Tampines, la, because got a lot of Tampines tree. Yeah. Yeah. But then now don't have the trees anymore. Now don't have, yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's why in my brain, when I think, what, what is Tampines fav- uh, famous for? Then I only think Tampines more. Yeah. By the way, the Tampines tree, right, is not a pine tree. 
Oh, yeah, it's a different. Then why we spell it as P-I-N-E-S? That's the name of it in Malay. Lost in translation. It's okay. not the same thing. Yes. Yeah, that sounds like the same. Sounds like, okay, okay. Uh, okay. Not the same root. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So the oldest street, right, in Tampanis, right, Tampanis Road, uh, mm-hmm. it actually dates back to 1864 and it was a cart track. Yeah. C-A-R-T. So they are pushing carts on it and yeah. then a road came out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Then they decided to pave it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Correct. So last time it's like, you know, very rural as we can not imagine. really imagine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, anyway. So this inspired me to look for the origins of Singaporean town names okay. and neighborhood names. Wow. So let's have the Singaporean town names and their origins lightning round. A long name for a lightning <laughs> round, okay? Mm. Okay, I selected four other locations in Singapore and your job is to answer my questions about them. Okay, okay. first question. Why is Queenstown called Queenstown? Cause, 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 I know this one, this one. The Queen go there. Mm-hmm. Then? Then in honour of her going there, then Queenstown lah. Uh, okay, not really. Because... Huh? <laughs> I mean, she I did. The queen she did visit us. She did visit, and uh-huh. she did come here uh-huh. to see the queen's town. Yes, but it's named after her to mark her coronation in 1952. Oh, oh, it's not named after her visit here. It's no, named it's after her, her coronation. coronation. Oh, yeah. after she was crowned. Yes. Then we name a town after her. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Last time it's called what? Queenstown, the area. Uh, Commonwealth. No. <laughs> <laughs> not correct. <laughs> what what is it called? It's actually called Bo Bei Gang. Here before or not? Gang. In Korean, uh, in Korean. Korean. <laughs> what? Since when we got Korean name? In Hokkien. In Hokkien. Yes, in Hokkien. <laughs> is it watch watch K drama? <laughs> no, it's just that the word has K in it, so I just like you know read it wrong. Oh oh yeah, oh. Brain okay. fart. Okay. Anyway, yes, is last time it's called Bovekang. Anyway, the Queenstown right is the first satellite town and it's designed to be like self-contained. That's yes. what it means. So that yeah. people don't have to go outside of mm. it. Mm. Like the whole area is like zoned for housing, recreation, employment and are composed of multiple neighborhoods. Mm. Yeah. So last time it's like the first planned town. What la. does Bovekang mean? Wu Gang. No tail canal. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, okay. Something like that. Okay. Because yeah. there's a longkang there that nobody know where it ends. I think it's named after the river that yes. used to flow there. Like, yes. Yeah, that, but like they don't that. know where, where's the tail of it. Yeah. Mm. Maybe. Yes. <laughs> yes, I re- recall reading this in some heritage brochure or something like that. Oh, okay, yeah, They follow, okay, follow okay. a river then it's like, huh, where's the mouth of it? Oh. Like they, there's the mouth but where's the tail of it? They don't oh. know where's the tail. Uh. So it's like a mystery. So they name it after it. Yeah. That's very cool. Okay. okay. <laughs> Moving on. Next. Why is Brass Bazaar called Brass Bazaar? Wow. Wow. This one should be a Malay word, but Yes. Bazaar sounds like a Malay word. Yeah. Brass is what? Mm, what? Brass is a building. Big building. No. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're like asking me to guess all these very historical names, right? Then my image of Singapore is the very modern Singapore with a lot of buildings everywhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It has nothing to do with brass instruments or like, you know, uh-huh. like the, the... The metal. Yeah. Nope. Okay. Yeah. Name after the occupation there. 
like how Dobby got was some kind of washing mm. man thing. I purposely didn't choose that because I know you'll know the answer. Yeah, yeah. Dobby got <laughs> is the washing man. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. They wash laundry, right? Yes. And then Dobby got means Dobby got. Dobby's mm. are the names of the people who, who wash, wash the, the linen. Yeah. Okay, so Brass Bursa <laughs> is the name of the occupation that does not exist anymore. Okay, it's not a name of an occupation. Okay, it is a translation of the Malay words beras basa, which means mm-hmm. wet rice. Wet rice? Yeah, why is it wet rice, right? So yeah. interesting. Why not dry rice? Because last time, right, there used to be a river, the Bras Basa River. It's now a Stanford Canal. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, it was the gateway for the boats, right, that brought in a lot of rice. And then sometimes the rice uh, get wet. Then they need to be <laughs> they need to be laid out to dry on the banks. Oh. But they will get wet again because there's the high tide that oh. comes in. Oh. Yeah, so there's always this like fermented smell in the air. Because oh. the rice will um go bad. Yeah. Oh. That's wow. why everybody call this place Braspasa. Oh. It's named after a smelly smell. <laughs> I will never look at Ras Basa the same again. Yeah, I, I didn't even know that. That's so interesting. This area is named after a smelly smell. Next yes. time if I, if I ever do a tour, right? Mm. I'll say, Hi, everyone. Welcome to this very artsy neighborhood. <laughs> you will not be able to guess the origin of this name. <laughs> Indeed. Okay, next one. Is Lim Chukang a name? How come got Yo Chukang and also Chua Chukang? Chua Chukang, Lim Chukang. And Yo Chukang. And also got Bua Chukang. No, 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 no. It's a Chinese thing. Uh, 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 uh. Something Chukang. Chukang means something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But what does it mean? Yeah, what does it mean? That is the question. <laughs> My Mandarin is not good enough. Uh, gang, gang is, is it a harbour or a port? Then Chukang means go out of the pot so maybe it is a place to park warehouses or something like that so there's Lim Chukang Yo Chukang Chua Chukang I don't know Chukang is what Chukang is what warehouse uh. no 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 depot um, not really also. marina boat parking zone because all the terms you are using now right are all very modern oh, okay but actually it's much more ancient oh like, yeah it's about like mid 19th century time uh-huh. when the Chinese status first came over mm-hmm. so last time got the Chinese clan right you know Chinese clan is like according to your surname, surname. yes 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 the limbs and the yos and ah, the correct, and correct. The, okay, uh-huh. then when they come over that time right then they set themselves up near the rivers yes so they had like villages like basically like kampongs yes. near the rivers yes yeah so this Chu Gang. It's like the the name of the river settlement. It's called oh, Chukang. Yeah. River settlement. Okay, yeah, the okay. river settlement. Then the Kang Chu is the <laughs> is the head of the clan. Oh, which often is like the surname of the clan. Uh, so they call it this place is called like Yo Chukang or like Chan Chukang. Last time got Chan Chukang. Oh, yeah, Chan Chukang is actually at the Nisun area now. Oh, yeah, and then there's also others that like Nam Tukang. And like Bukokang, yeah. It's oh. a <laughs> okay. Mandai area. Oh. Yeah. So, oh, nice. Yeah, there are okay. actually many uh, Chukangs in Singapore. Oh. So Chukang, it just means river settlement. Mm. Ah, interesting. Yes. And then the surname denotes who is living there. Correct. Which clan is living there. Yes. You know, like oh. in Penang, there's the Chu Jetty mm. and the 
Lim Jetty. I ah, can't yeah, remember. Yeah, 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 yeah. Got different surnames one. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Ah. That's how it works also. Okay. Yeah. Okay, next thing. So, Pua Chukang? Pua Chukang is a real person's name. It's the character. <laughs> <laughs> okay, not a real person. A fictitious character's name. A real fictitious character's name. Okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, last one. Why is Sentosa called Sentosa? Oh, man. Uh, something about dead people, dead things one. Okay, okay. It was a pulau. Okay, okay. And then... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Death. You actually, you actually know a bit eh. Death and disaster. Not I don't bad, know what bad. happened. Something happened. Okay, so Sentosa is called Sentosa because there was a contest to rename Sentosa the island. Yes. Which was a pulau something, as you said just yeah. now. Yeah. Something so, something about death and destruction. What is yeah, it? What yeah, is yeah. It? The original name was, wasn't very good. Yeah, okay. so then they want to pulau rename Mati, it. Pulau Mati, is it? Pulau Blakan Mati. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yes, yes. Heaven, we're talking about the competition. Okay, the competition, now. the competition. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, the name Sentosa actually means tranquility. In, in what Malay. language? In Malay, in Malay. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it was uh, selected as the winning entry. La. Mm-hmm. Then the past name is Pulau Blakan Mati, mm. which I don't know whether I'm saying it correctly, but anyway, it translates to behind death. Aha. Uh-huh. Like behind death. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like the island on the back called death. Yeah, something like that. La. Uh we don't know exactly la, why it's called this, but uh-huh. maybe it's because last time got a lot of piracy in yes. the area and bloodshed. Yes. yes. Fight, fight, fight. Got yes. a lot of death. Yes. Or maybe it's also because uh this island right is near another island, Pulau Brani, and a lot of the warriors are buried there. Oh so this mm. island is supposedly their paradise for the warrior spirits. Ah, uh. Something yes. like that one. Uh. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Quite interesting. Uh, all the names in Singapore. I never really like took a second thought. And now we have uh changed it into a tourist trap. Yes. That's the best part. <laughs> it was selected. Uh the the names and toilets was selected because it was planned as a tourism place. Ah yeah. I see. Okay. Yes. So they decided that you know we need to rebrand this place if yes. we keep like calling it the uh, death death place, place. People won't go. Uh huh. Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. Got it. <laughs> Super fascinating. <laughs> it's quite interesting, right? It's like the the name of this place is like too unauspicious. We need to make a competition so we can change it forever. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it worked, leh. It worked. It worked. All right, Liza. What is your search term of the week? My search term is. Why is the orchid Singapore's national flower? Why? Uh? Yeah, why? Like, why specifically the orchid and who chose it? I remember this name called Vanda Joachim. Okay. <laughs> but I have no idea who this person is uh-huh. and also what this person has to do with the orchid. Uh-huh. But I remember the orchid and this name is connected and has to do with this particular species of flower that is our <laughs> national flower. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> That's the extent why, of my why knowledge. Why the orchid? Then who choose one? Maybe she's like a really... Uh, who choose it? Maybe she, maybe she choose it. <laughs> maybe she choose this Miss flower. Miss Vanda chose it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. That's then, then, maybe she's like, you know, a very, like, a very respectable person. Like Yusuf Ishak, that kind of Yeah, then she okay. know a lot of things. She's like polymath. 
Okay. Then she also does botany on the side. Then, okay. then she discovered this flower. Okay. Then she named it after herself. Then because like, you know, she's on the board of flowers, then, <laughs> then they asked her for like, what should the Singapore flower be? Okay. Then she said, ah, yeah, I just found this flower. You should just uh, have this flower. Correct. Actually, not bad. <laughs> eh. You know, your guess, even though you're just like pulling it out of thin air, right? Just making it up from the top of your brain, right? Yes. There is some little bit of truth here and there in it. That like, oh I God. cannot fully discount <laughs> the theory that you have. Okay. <laughs> okay, so in 1981, mm. our Ministry of Culture mm. formed a national committee to select a representative national flower. Okay, okay. To open inverted comma. Mm. Foster national pride and identity. Okay, okay. So you're kind of right. There's some kind of committee yeah, involved that choose. is like, yeah, yeah, we choose this. <laughs> okay. So some countries, right, uh, they use more informal methods. So mm. they just like poll the public, then what flower you like, or what flower you think represent it. Just oh. like our Sentosa contest like that. La. Okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but then uh, ours was like quite official one, you know. Okay. Got one whole committee of representatives from the, the different ministries from uh. and parks, from STB, the Singapore Tourism Board, okay. and all the other organizations. Okay. Then they were made to think very hard about <laughs> the flower. <laughs> what shall we choose as our flower? Mm, yes. Then the shortlist that they had had 40 types of flowers. Okay. I was like, this is not even a shortlist, oh, that's a damn long list. <laughs> A long list. <laughs> yeah, then they have like 30 orchids on the list. So 30 orchids and 10 other flowers. Then they have to like think very hard. And then the mm. criteria is it must be popularly known, free flowering, colorful and attractive. Okay. I wouldn't say it's popularly known. Is it? I mean, orchids lah, yes. But we like we weren't born in 1981. True, true So we true. don't know whether it's popular then. True. Okay. Well, anyway, that is their criteria. Then they think for super long lah. Then they chose this law. Okay. okay. Yeah. So, so who is Miss Vanda Jokim? Miss Vanda Jokim. What you have been calling it? <laughs> Am I even right? <laughs> it's not Miss Vanda Jokim. The flower is actually Vanda Miss Jokim. Oh. Oh. <laughs> you oh. Oops. Sorry. <laughs> I thought that's her name. <laughs> like, <laughs> and it was chosen as the national flower for its resilience and year-round blooming quality. It can bloom any time of the year. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know whether I recognize it, like, you know, if I see it. You never color, man, when you are in school. They always make you color the freaking flower. <laughs> I mean, they make us colour doesn't mean I colour it in the right colour that it is, right? Oh my goodness. Okay, what colour is it? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe green and pink. Green? <laughs> the flower is green. Okay, I mean, like, if I have to think of it properly, like, uh-huh. I guess it is purple and white. Yeah, it's purple and white. <laughs> the leaves are green. How can the... I mean, but if I colour, if I colour... As a child. Yeah, I just anyhow colour that. Oh, okay, yeah. you just colour it green. Okay. Yeah, it's purple, white, then maybe a bit of yellowy orange in the centre. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, so that's how it looks like. Okay, but then within this Venda Miss Jokim, right, there is actually quite a lot of varieties. Mm. So they chose specifically the Agnes variety for its vibrant colours, hardiness and resilience okay qualities that reflect the Singapore spirit oh my god okay 
Yeah, I mean, <laughs> sure. They need to justify what, right? I mean, they okay. sit and meet for so many yeah. hours. And they have to look through so 40 days. flowers yeah, and so. all their implications. Mm. Mm, okay. okay. Yeah. So, yeah, now we reach the crucial question. Yes. Why is the orchid called Vanda Miss Joking? Okay, please answer. Is it a real person or not? <laughs> what do you think? What was your guess just now? Well... It seems very far away now that I know that it's actually Vanda Miss Joking rather than Miss Vanda Joking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's Vanda Miss Joking. I was like wondering why is it like that? Why Tiao Zhiwen? So the person is not called Vanda Joking. What do you think? Do you think it's her name? No. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Miss Joking is actually a real person. Yeah, okay. But her name is not Vanda. Then whose name is Vanda? Her name is Agnes. Oh, Agnes is the variety okay. that is chosen within the Venda Miss Joachim. Okay, okay. Yeah. Then what is Venda? Yeah, what is Venda? Venda is actually the name of the flower's parents. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? I also thought the woman's name is Venda. Why so confusing <laughs> the name of this thing? The flower is a hybrid flower. So it's a cross between Venda hookeriana and Venda Teres. They combine together then become Venda Miss Joachim. Okay. That's like unnecessarily complicated. <laughs> you you understand, right? I understand, I understand. Okay. Like Vend- that's the way they name the yeah okay Vanda Hookeriana and Vanda Teres then meet together then come up with Vanda Baby mm. but then Vanda Baby is bred by Miss Joachim mm-hmm. yeah so become Vanda then take the surname Miss Joachim okay mm. then that specific one that she bred right uh. Agnes named after her oh. <laughs> so it's like Agnes Junior Oh. Ah. So she bred this flower, right, in her garden at Tanjong Paga in 1893. Oh, okay. In Quite some eh. time ago, eh. 1893, eh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's very long ago. I huh? did not expect it to be so long ago because they chose the flower only in 1980s. Oh. So I thought it's like, maybe she made it in 1960s. <laughs> but no. <laughs> it's like 100 something plus years ago <laughs> before they chose it. Very funny, eh? Okay, yeah. Mm. And then it was recorded as Singapore's first orchid hybrid. Oh. And the world's first Venda hybrid. Oh, okay. And then it became very popular all over the world because it was very beautiful oh. and very hardy. Oh. Mm. Okay, that's this, such a, like, origin story for this flower. Yeah. This, like, in <laughs> 1890s, 1900s, you know? It's okay, like, wow. Okay, okay. okay. Hmm. So who is Miss Agnes Joachim? Now that we have established that she is not Miss Venda Joachim, she is Miss Agnes Joachim, who is she? How come she got this thing in her garden? That's uh, my next question. Is this she accidentally do or she... Purposely, purposely do, right? Do, yeah, what correct. do you think? Uh, she is good. La. She's very smart and very uh, good at botany. Wow. <laughs> Like, that's your first instinct. Eh? You know, my instinct is she's just a housewife and eh? they're just like rich housewife. La, la, la. It's not very easy to hybrid flowers, right? You must know a bit about how to make the flower. That's true. Like, mate. That's true. I thought I thought she just discovered it. Like, oh, they look so beautiful. I just put this flower and this flower near each other and then a baby appeared. Uh, and it's beautiful. I thought it was like that. No. no. I don't think I would even know, like, if my plants made a baby. <laughs> You know That's what I mean? True. <laughs> That's I true. wouldn't notice. 
<laughs> okay, Miss Agnes Joachim is a second-gen Singapore-born Armenian. She's Armenian. That's why her surname is Joachim. Oh, interesting. Ah. And she lived in Singapore in the 1800s. Okay. And she did live in quite a big house in Tanjong Paga, but that's not the point. Okay. Yeah, the point is she was a skilled embroiderer. Oh. And she's a very successful horticulturist. Oh. With over 70 awards from annual flower show. 70. Okay, okay, okay. So she's like really... She's professional, okay? In, that, in the very skilled in her field and super top class. Yes, and she has won many, many, many awards for floral arrangements. Okay. She's like top class person, okay? okay and she okay. is believed to be the first woman in the world to have created a hybrid. Ah, first woman in the world eh. interesting mm. no wonder they feel that this flower is very worthy yes super accomplished woman made this here yeah right here yes. in Tanjong Paga yes yeah clearly they did not communicate the story well enough because I completely did not know this yeah I didn't know so nobody <laughs> tell me everybody always asked me to colour the flower when I was a kid and then yeah. nobody tell me what colour to colour flower I remember colouring the flower red, blue, yellow any colour yeah, 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 yeah the yeah. teachers never control us eh. yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> I mean couldn't they have made like a better story for like how this happened yes <laughs> Okay, anyway, I'm almost at the end of my search term, but I have two more fun facts about this Venda Miss Joachim. Okay. Okay, fun fact number one is Singapore is the only country to have a hybrid as a national flower. Oh, cool. Mm. I didn't know that. Yes. Apparently, it being a hybrid is also symbolic of our multicultural heritage. Ah, okay. That makes rojak, sense. Everything rojak. Then our flower also rojak. Mm. Mm. Okay. okay, fun fact number two. Yes. In 2019, the science world decided that Venda Miss Joachim is no longer the correct name for Venda Miss Joachim. Please, what is the correct name? <laughs> because in 2019, research showed that the parents of Venda Miss Joachim, the flowers, uh, uh. they are classified wrongly. Oh. Yeah, so they are not in the genus Venda. They actually should be in the genus Papillonus. So the scientific name of these two parent flowers had to be changed in 2019 to... Papillonus Therese and Papillonus Hookeriana, which makes our national flower Papillonus Miss Joachim. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Venda is much easier to say. Yes. I know, right? And then, like, you know, they changed the name, right? Then they never tell all the Singaporeans. <laughs> so all the Singaporeans still don't know that what a disaster. the name has changed. <laughs> so the scientific community has agreed that it is Papillonus Miss Joachim. Okay. But then they allow us to Do use we... Venda Miss Joachim as the common name. Oh, okay. They allow us. Uh, okay. Yeah. But they will hope that we will use the correct name in future. future. Okay. I don't think Singaporeans care enough about flowers <laughs> to even like understand this whole concept and like want to change the name of the Venda Miss Joachim which we thought was a person. Yeah. <laughs> Why Venda Miss Le, not Miss Venda left? Hmm. <laughs> okay. Moving on. Okay. <laughs> it's time for our special segment Three Things to Google from a Friend. So Eliza, who is the contributor for this week? Okay, our contributor this week is Pao. And they sent us these search terms through Instagram. 
Oh, okay, okay. Mm. So, uh, one of them is Singapore-related. The other two are not. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the first one is Singapore first official census. Oh, like uh, the poll, right? Census. Census is like a human counting, right? Yeah. Human counting humans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Account of humans. Accounting. What is Singapore first census? What is so special about it? Oh, that was quite long ago. The first census in Singapore was taken in 1824, according to NLBE resources. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it recorded 10,000... 683 residents comprising of Europeans, Armenians, Arabs, Malays, Chinese, natives of India, and Bugis. Apparently, Bugis is a type of race. Yeah, Bugis is a type of people that live in Bugis area, which is now a shopping area. (laughs) I see. I did not know that as well. (laughs) Oh, wow. Oh, interestingly, right, when Stanford Raffles arrived in Singapore, right, in 1819, the estimated population size was around 150. 150, mm. eh? 1819, eh? Interesting. Then, uh, in 1820, there was a written account by one of the people sent here by the British Army. When I hoisted the British flag, the population scarcely amounted to 200 souls. In three months, the number was not less than 3,000, and it now exceeds 10,000 principally Chinese people. Actually, right, Uh the early census reports are not very accurate. Oh no, why? Because they were carried out by police officers who were untrained in census taking. And also, they have to, you know, be police. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think if I'm the regular citizen, then this white man came. Uh-huh. And then I'll be like, oh my god, better hide. Better run away, Yeah, right? better go hide. Exactly. Okay. So, and like, it was uh, conducted with few checks, like, basically. They had to go house to house to go and like, talk to these people and count the amount of people, mm-hmm. etc. But nowadays, the census is like, more register-based. Mm-hmm. So, they already have this like, you know, uh, data Mm-hmm. In the in the system, mm-hmm. so they just use that lah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's not as accurate the last time one. Oh, that's fascinating. Yeah, I think an easier way to describe census is that it's just a hit count. Oh my goodness, it's literally a hit count. Mm. <laughs> <sighs> okay, moving on. Yes, next one. Okay, the second search term is how does cremation work. How does cremation work? Is like burning the body, right? Uh, not meh. I thought you just put the coffin and the human into this very hot place. Uh-huh. And, and then, then you just on the burns. fire very big and yes. then just burn it. And then it becomes ashes. Uh-huh. Then after that, you take it out from the baking tray, I guess. <laughs> it's a giant baking tray. Oh my god. And then mm. you just like dust the dust i don't is there the coffin together with the body no right i think it's just the body right i thought you just burned the whole coffin together with the body i i i don't oh, know oh yeah huh? if you burn <laughs> the coffin with the body right then there will be like screws and nails and the brass handles and all that yeah then it'll be mixed with the ashes then that is not your your relative anymore that is your relative plus the coffin plus wood yeah yeah and pieces of metal yeah. Oh, you mean they have to take out the body? Uh? Let's find out. <laughs> <laughs> also, do you wear clothes? 
Oh yeah, ho. Do they wear clothes when they get cremated? That is a good question, <laughs> leh. Then what about their jewelry, leh? Like yeah. their earrings and all that, like and their teeth filling or their heart pacemaker or their implants. What about their hip bone, hip implants <laughs> and all that? I think certain things like pacemaker, I think they'll take it out, ah. The implants that like hip joint or your knee joint. I think they maybe won't. Like, you know some people, like, they break their leg. Then yeah. they have, have a screw yeah, inside. Yeah, yeah, they have, like, some titanium plates and I all that. I don't think they'll right? take it out. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Then it's like, when you get the ashes, then it's like, you have that titanium thing together with it. Really? I think do so. Do we get to... Do we get to see through our relatives? I don't really get to see through, like, like, people will see for you and then put the ash into an urn. But my dad told me that they could pick up bones for grandma to put in the urn. So my dad was the oh, one really? choosing the bones to put in the urn. Is it an uh, optional service that you can choose? I like, don't know. Like I can ask the person, you pay extra money, that person has to put it in the urn. But then if you want to do it yourself, or maybe you have to pay extra money to do it yourself. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know eh. Because my uncle died, uh-huh. and he was cremated, but I don't feel like there was this particular process. Okay. Yeah. Hi, I have an answer. Okay. So, before a body is placed in the coffin, before it is even placed in the coffin, yes. the funeral director and mortuary technician, they will already remove anything that might cause problems during cremation, oh. like watches or pacemakers, mm. because they can explode. Oh, okay. Yep. That's not good in the heat. Yeah. Mm. Is the coffin also... Yes. I think it depends. Sometimes the coffin, like the wooden coffin, goes in together with the body and it's also burnt. But sometimes it's a container. Oh, uh, there's something very interesting. Is that, you know, coffin got two parts, right? The bottom part and the lid. Yes. Yeah, sometimes the lid, if it's very honored, right? Mm-hmm. It will be removed. On- then, honored. Yeah, very honored. Like there's a lot of ornamental oh, stuff okay. on it. Mm-hmm. Then they, it'll be removed. Mm-hmm. Then they'll just put the bottom part where the body is into the cremation oh. area, yeah. Mm. Then the lid can be reused, actually. Mm. The honoured lid can be reused. Mm. Yeah. So actually, right, the ashes that come out, right, mm. is not as um ashy as we think it is. It's like bones, lah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because it's so hot that only the bones remain. Mm. Yeah. So coffins are actually built to be completely destroyed during the cremation process. Ah, yes. It takes a lot of heat to cremate a body, so much in fact that there's normally little or nothing left of the coffin among the ashes. Mm. Yeah. The ashes themselves are actually fragments of bones. Mm, mm. Yeah. Yes, that's what I'm seeing. Uh, looking at the NEA website, this is the Singapore government website. Huh? Uh. After cremation, right, the ashes of the deceased can be stored at home or in a columbarium. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's up to you. The ashes of the deceased also can be scattered at sea. Ah, yes. Yeah. And you also can uh, scatter it at Garden of Peace, a designated garden located at Chua Chu Kang Cemetery. Oh, I did yeah. not know that. In case you don't want it to be in the sea. Okay. Yeah. Okay, the next search term. Yes. I have no idea what it means. Uh, it says Arcadia Twins. Arcadia Twins. A-R-C-A-D-I-A Twins. Please let it not be morbid. Arcade... Cardiac Twins, is it? Oh. A cardiac. I think it was spelled wrongly. Yes, a cardiac twins. An Arcadiac Twin? 
is a parasitic twin that fails to properly develop a heart. So they generally don't develop the upper structure of the body. Oh. Huh. I mean, if Pa wanted us to search for Arcadia Twin, it's actually a cinema <laughs> in Australia. Okay. <laughs> I don't think it is this. <laughs> I'm pretty sure she didn't ask us to search for, for the cinema. <laughs> yes, Arcadia Twin. Okay. It's technically not a fetus, eh. But it is a mass of tissue that grows because of the blood that is flowing. It's like connected to the heart. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Of the other, um, the, the main baby. Mm. Then there's like the side baby that is not fully grown. Because mm. it doesn't properly develop a heart. Mm. But it still has the blood pumping through it, I think. This search term is something that Angie would be very excited about, I think. Our guess from our previous guest episode. The normal fetus is referred to the pump twin. Because its heart is used to pump blood to the abnormal mass. Mm. The, the Arcadiac twin has no chance of survival. Oh, because it lacks a heart. Yeah. And it usually has a poorly developed body and may also be missing head, limbs or torso. Very interesting, very interesting. Oh, wow. You know, these are the things that we, we as like regular human beings going on our way will never know. <laughs> but somebody in like gyne, gynecology, yes, right? Yes. Like they see... I mean, not on a daily basis, but they see it in their work life, in their professional yeah, life. Yeah, it's like a rare thing that happens. Mm-hmm. Like. It's a rare complication. Mm. Yeah. Oh, so what causes it is, it's believed that very early in the pregnancy, like there could have been a dramatic or ongoing fluctuation of blood pressure and blood flow. Oh. Then this interfere with the development of the heart in the twin that was, in the in the arcadiac twin. Mm. Oh. So, so the pump twin's heart will develop properly, but mm. then, you know, because of the interference in the blood circulation, then got some problems. They cannot develop properly. So the pump twin, right? The mm. normal fetus, right? Mm. Is normally okay. Mm. But it's just smaller than normal. Because mm. technically, the other twin is like... Uh, using like, his energy. La, yeah, sort using of, his la. resources. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, this is interesting. Yeah. Okay, okay. It occurs in 1 in 35,000 pregnancies. Mm. Okay, like, so quite rare. It's quite interesting also because if you don't treat it, right, mm. the pump twin will also die. Oh. Yeah. In like 50 to 75% of the cases. And mm. also it depends on the relative size of the twins. Mm. So if like the abnormal twin is like greater than 50% of the size of the normal fetus, mm-hmm. the survival rate of the pump twin is like 10%. Oh, because too much of the resources is going to the parasitic twin. Correct, correct. Oh, okay. Wow. So interesting. Yes. Okay. okay, thank you for giving us these very interesting search terms. We will otherwise not search for it. Yeah, <laughs> I've never heard of it. Okay, so that's the end of our special segment. So, Tian, what is your next search term? Okay, my next search term is... Why is it called a mama shop? The mama shop is the convenience shop under the HDB blocks, right? Yeah, does it have to do with our mums? No. Oh. Um, mama is... I think last night it used to be called Mamak Shops. M-A-M-A-K. Mm-hmm. But who is Mamak? That is the question. Who is? Mamak is the man who take care of the shop. <laughs> <laughs> He's the shopkeeper. <laughs> that is not wrong, but mm-hmm. what does Mamak mean? Uh, goods and sundries. Groceries. No. Knickknacks that you need. No. 
No, no, no. Okay, mama, so mama, mama. Yeah, mama is derived from the Tamil word mama, which means uncle or elder. Oh, yeah. So uncle shop. I was quite <laughs> quite accurate. I was like, it's the man that runs the shop. Yeah, I say that's not wrong. What? Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, why did I just go and elaborate on it, you know? I feel like, you know, it's this, those kind of like uh, essay questions, this mm. kind of exam, mm. that actually you got the point already, but yeah. then when you elaborate wrongly, then the teacher minus half a mark. Yeah, because they know that yeah. you don't understand it actually. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Yep. Okay, so where did mama shops originate from? How did they like come around? Because we need things. Okay, yeah. Then they supply the things. Yeah. That's pretty much about it. Yeah, correct, correct. Oh. Yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> In the early days, it's like villagers, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, so uh, the mama shops were actually set up by Indian immigrants who were mostly traders or businessmen. Okay. So they have like access to a lot of goods. Okay. So they actually set up near communities and like they cater to mainly the residents that live nearby. La. Yes. So there was a very close relationship between the patrons and the shop owners and everybody was like very friendly with each other. They have a lot of like bargaining. Uh, there was unlimited credit for people who couldn't afford to pay. Mm-hmm. And also the whole system is like built on mutual trust. Yes, yes. Yeah. So normally what do mama shops sell? Uh... Now or in the past? Ah, good question. So in the past and now, it's very different. Now, it sells snacks, mm-hmm. a lot, a lot of tidbits and mm-hmm. unhealthy stuff. <laughs> uh, it sells a lot of cold drinks and ice cream. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it's a cheap ice cream, not the very expensive one. The yes. most expensive ice cream you can get is probably the Magnum. That's the key here. Yeah. Yes. But everything else is like maybe... Last time, 60 cent, 50 cent you can get. Mm. Maybe now it's like 120. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Correct, Uh, correct. Yeah. But in the past, I would think Mm. that it's more similar to the shops near uh, Little India, for example. Mm. Like they will sell vegetables. Yes. Noodles even. Mm. Uh, Some kind of food. Soap, soap. They will sell soap. Mm. (laughs) Curry powder. Ah, yes. Yes. Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely correct. So last time they used to be like, more catered to housewives so they sell like groceries like uh, vegetables curry mixtures that kind mm, of all thing all the spices yes yeah correct they sell uh, snacks and drinks all the things you can think of like, basically that you will need when you're living somewhere yes yes so and last time there's also like personal delivery of goods wow yeah like bags of onions or potatoes that kind of thing wow yeah okay. yeah, yeah then somewhere somehow their uh-huh. clientele switch from housewife uh-huh. to children Oh, <laughs> okay. That's why all the things in the mama shop is like so yeah. children oriented. Yes, like uh, thrift comics. Yeah, candy. Yeah, cheap stationery. Last time and they got toys. sell the tikam tikam that kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. All these things is like you know, yeah, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. strike right through our hearts. Yeah, the cheap cheap <laughs> toys that we used to get, the country <laughs> erasers, that kind of nonsense. Yes, you know? especially those mama shop that is beside the school. Remember in mm. primary school, then we will run to the mama shop. Yes. After we saved up some money, then we can buy nonsense. Correct. Ah, and the cheap candy. Yes. Yes. The mama shops also like serve as a location marker la, mm-hmm. last time. Oh. Yeah. Then when public housing came about, because the mama shops used to be in villages, so now they just switch to like be on the void decks of the HDB flats. Yes. Yeah. So, but because of this shift, the sense of community also weakened. And like, you know, uh, 
there were a lot of convenience shops that started to set up shops yes. nearby and also big supermarkets. Yes. So that's why now there are not so many mama shops in Singapore anymore. Yeah. And it's, it's easier to get around now. Mm. Like last time, if you want to push a little trolley to go and get your onions is very treacherous <laughs> you know yeah, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. very muddy and treacherous but then yeah, now yeah, it's yeah. like you can easily drag a trolley and then go and buy your detergent and whatever yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Correct, correct the history of mama shops <laughs> <laughs> just thought it was quite interesting who is mama <laughs> <laughs> that's the same uh, mama as the mamak in Malaysia by the way like mamak stalls mm-hmm. yeah yeah mm. it's the same mama. ah I see Okay, so Eliza, what is your second search term of the week? My search term is... Which came first? Asam laksa or coconut milk laksa? You know, right? What they are, right? Why are you making this face? <laughs> thinking. I'm thinking about it. Do you know what they are? Yes. Okay. But I rarely eat asam laksa. Okay, before we go into this search term, can you describe laksa to our non-Singaporean listeners? <sighs> okay... Um, it is a noodle dish, okay, that normally is a bit curry-flavored, but it's, like, mostly, uh, milky. Okay. Yeah, like, the soup is, a, like, a coconut milk uh-huh. kind of, like, soup. It's, like, 20% curry-ish, 80% milk Yeah, it's curry-ish, but it's not actually curry. Yeah, it's not mm-hmm. the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, um, there's normally some form of uh, seafood inside, mm-hmm. prawns or clams. Mm-hmm. And then there's chili. Uh, you can add on to mm-hmm. make it more spicy if you want to. Mm-hmm. And then uh, there's also the some leaf that is very nice to smell, but I don't remember what leaf it is. Laksa leaf. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it is the laksa leaf, yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Generally a very well-loved dish in Singapore. Yep, you're absolutely right. It's uh, thick rice noodles in a coconut milk and shrimp paste broth topped with prawns, taopok. What is taopok? Uh, tofu, but dry. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Bean cut skin-ish kind of thing. And fish cake. And the official name is actually Nonya Laksa or Laksa Lemak. Yes, that's the Laksa that we are uh, as Singaporeans with. very familiar with. Mm. Mm. Lemak is what? Nice. Lemak? <laughs> Nasi lemak is what? Nice rice, is it? <laughs> coconut? Yes! It's coconut milk flavoured. Oh my goodness. Nasi lemak is nice rice. Okay. <laughs> laksa lemak, mm, yeah. yeah. Okay, coconut milk flavoured. Okay. okay. What about asam laksa? What is it like? So asam is another thing. Yes, what is the thing? Which is a sour-ish fruit. Yes. <laughs> what is the name of this fruit? Asam. Okay, the English name is tamarind. Oh, so that's what it is. (gasps) (laughs) Am I speaking to a Singaporean or not? (laughs) Ayo! Nobody explained all these things to me before. (laughs) I'm so glad we're having this episode. (laughs) She's so enlightened. (laughs) There's like a ton of translations that I never ever understand whether it's the same thing or not. Oh, okay. Like, you know what I mean? Yes. So you want to describe Asam Laksa based on your very minimal knowledge of it? I really don't know because I don't think I've actually tried it before. I think I like had like one bite of my friend's bowl or something like that. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay, so Asam Laksa, right, doesn't usually have coconut milk. Mm. It's usually in a lighter broth okay. that is made of fish. Okay. And tamarind, which okay, we okay. have established is Asam. Okay. And uh, torched ginger flour. 
Oh, yeah, interesting. Okay, yeah. So it tastes very, very different from the laksa that I'm used to. Yes. Okay. You must imagine it's a it's sour a, fish soup. It's a different dish. Yeah. Entirely. Yeah. Okay. The yes. garnish is not even the same. It's not tau pork prawns and fish cake. Okay. The garnish is pineapple, cucumber, and mint. Oh, I like know chopped that pineapple, chopped cucumber, mint oh. leaves, and then sometimes they have like fish pieces in it. Okay, okay. So, yeah. actually, the only similar thing is like the noodles, right? Yeah, it's just the thick white noodles. Lor. Oh, okay. Mm. Mm. So, which came first? Asam laksa or coconut milk laksa? I think asam laksa came first. I also like think coconut milk laksa seems like it's very zeng. Yeah. Then the asam laksa sounds traditional, right? More, yeah. More, more like basic. Noodle la, more basic. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. I would say asam laksa comes first. Mm, okay, mm. the answer is they evolved around the same time. Okay. Many uh. hundreds of years ago. Okay. So essentially, right, how laksa came about is because of the old shipping trade routes. Okay. Yeah, so between the 1200s and the 1500s. What? So long ago? Yes. Okay. <laughs> that, that, that's the part that blow my mind. It's like, huh? What an old dish. Okay, but... <laughs> Chinese traders they sailed down the South China Sea okay then they made stops at the port cities like Penang uh. Malacca uh. Midan mm-hmm. Palembang mm-hmm. and Singapore mm. which are all part of the historic spice route uh. right then as people move right they will trade recipes they will make food for each other yeah yes yes then these Chinese traders they will bring with them the recipe of Chinese noodle soup yeah yeah, yeah. So, but then that combined with the the spices, spices. yeah, yeah. Then fusion also, food. Also, some of the Chinese traders, right? They yes. settled down. Then they married the local women. Then their intermarriages created Peranakan culture and Peranakan cuisine. Mm-hmm. So both sides they bring their history and their heritage. Then they mix together. Wow. So it's like Chinese noodle soup, then mix with the Malay way of cooking or the mm. Straits way mm. or Indonesian way of cooking. Mm. Then become Peranakan ma. Uh. Yeah, then Tada Laksa is born. Oh, so it's like a pinnacle of the like meshing of the cultures, la, correct? Mm, 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 so mm, it's mm. actually quite a iconic Peranakan dish. Mm. Right? Mm. Uh. And then interestingly, because Peranakan is like such a big white umbrella term for mm. Chinese people that came down to the South China Sea and meet Malays. And meet, yeah, Malays in Malaysia or mm. could be even in Indonesia or here and there and then makes him make that such a big umbrella term. Yes. But actually, right, like Malaysia, the states, right? Yes. Like from the north all the way to the south uh, and the east coast and the west coast, right? They have super many different cultures. Mm. And then the Indonesia is so long, right? Yeah. It's like from the east to the west, right? Each different state also got their own different culture. Mm, so mm, you, you just put one umbrella term like that, it's very hard to say. That's true, that's yeah. true. So mm. this laksa dish, right? Mm. At every state, right? Mm. There is a different laksa. Oh, no wonder yeah. you got so many different types of laksa. There is Ipo laksa, Sarawak laksa, Kelantan laksa, Terengganu laksa. This is Malaysia only. I haven't even said finish. Still got at least 10 more <laughs> that I'm not going to read. <laughs> <laughs> Indonesia side also they have Banja Laksa Batawi Laksa Midan Laksa they got so many every state oh, you can wow. name right there is a type of Laksa oh I see yeah so okay. it is just Chinese noodle soup right that is mixed with whatever spices or whatever seafood or whatever random thing uh. that they find mm. in that area oh cook you a thing okay okay very interesting yeah, but the general consensus is that, you know, laksa is a Southeast Asian dish. Yes. With Peranakan origins. Yep. 
Yeah. But it is a great dish. It's like, wow, we mix these two together and then like it became a wonderful thing. Yes. And this made me wonder. So this word laksa. Yes. Where does it come from? Is it from the Chinese side or from the Malay side? Hmm. That's a very good question. Yeah. I think it's Malay side. Mm, I also think. Because yeah. like the first thing I'm thinking of is like laksa is L-A, right? Mm. Is la. Mm. La something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I also thought of that also. Yeah, but it's not because the translation to Chinese is not la something. It's le, le sa or something like that. So I think that the root is Malay. Okay. Yeah. I also had the same conclusion. I was like, la something must be hot something like yeah. hot soup or hot noodle uh, or hot broth or something. Spicy. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Like spicy something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But but then I was like, what is sa? Sa in Chinese is what? You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. But when I googled it, right, there seems to be quite a few theories of this name. Mm-hmm. Okay. One theory is that it comes from Hindi or Persian. The word is laksha. L-A-K-H-S-H-A-H. And it's the name of that noodle, that thick bihun. Oh, laksha. I don't know why. Maybe some Hin- Hindi person <laughs> or Persian person recorded it in their books or something mm. that there is this noodle. Oh, yes. That's interesting. Okay, okay. And then laksha also might be derived from the Sanskrit word meaning 100,000, referring to the numerous strains of noodles. <laughs> so it's like, huh? Okay. So many possible meanings. Yeah. Mm. But then also, it has also been suggested that maybe, 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 laksa might have been derived from Cantonese. Okay. Laksa literally means spicy sand. Mm. Which refers <laughs> to the ground dried prawns used in the soup. Oh. Which gives the laksa soup a sandy, gritty texture. Oh, that sandy, sandy thing at the base of the yes, laksa yes, soup. Yes, yes, yes. That laksa, makes sense, kind of. Maybe, maybe, right? Mm. Then another theory also related to this gritty texture of the broth, that sandy, sandy texture, Yes, is that laksa could be derived from the Hokkien word laksa, which means dirty. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Okay, okay. And then Hokkien was spoken by most of the immigrants that helped develop Peranakan culture. Okay. So a lot of the Hokkien people moved down. But also Cantonese, what? Yeah, right? So it's like quite contested, I feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, essentially, it refers to our soup is no longer clear and pure. Oh. After you all added the spicy oh, thing in. Oh, okay, okay. You, you understand? I understand, understand. Yeah, because the Chinese soup is usually very clear, clear. and very like ching, very like light, right? Yes, yes, Yeah, yes. then after the, the things in, then like, hmm, this a very tasty, strong flavoured thing. But it's nice. Yeah, and they <laughs> love it so much, you know? Yeah, that, yeah. That like yeah. they keep like, yes, remake, remake, I want to eat. So every time they sail down, Mm. Then they will look forward to eating this noodle. Oh. <laughs> That's why they keep making it. Because <laughs> there is a market for it. Yes. Yeah. And then they sail downwards. They're like, let's go eat that noodle. And the people, like the local people obviously like it too. Yeah. It's really like literally a recipe of love, you know. It's mm. like... They, Everybody's passionate about yeah, it. Yeah. A combination of the best two cultures and then like, ta-da! This baby is born! <laughs> Okay, interesting. So, at the end of the day, what have we learned? Um, Food origins are messy. Yeah. 
we learned that um, different laksa evolve organically over time many hundreds of years ago and essentially all laksa are just regionally customized spicy noodle soup yeah hot noodle soup yeah that's, that's about it correct okay can alright we've reached the almost end of our podcast and now it is time for one thing to recommend my recommendation for this week is Sungai Bolo, which is my favorite nature place in Singapore. It's very good for bird watching because there's a lot of migratory birds. And then you can also go and spot the crocodile and uh, crabs and also mudskipper. Mm-hmm. It's very calm and rejuvenating. But remember to bring your mosquito repellent. Yes. And water. And umbrella. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I must say also that if you spot a crocodile there, you are very lucky because it's not always that you can spot a crocodile. Yeah, side note, because when we went to do our Wallflowers episode there, when we went to shoot, we brought our director both times, and both times there was the crocodile. Yeah, so we think that she's the lucky... She's the lucky star. Mm. For spotting crocodiles. Well, <laughs> anyway, my recommendation for this week is a way of eating. Okay. Yeah, the recommendation is to eat chili crab with jiam tao roti instead of mantou. <laughs> yeah. For people unfamiliar with jiam tao roti, it is actually jian uh, tou mian bao, aka pointed bread. It's like a type of baguette yes. that you can get at the local bakeries. It's slightly wider and shorter than the yeah. French baguette. La. It's baguette but fluffy and soft. Yeah. Usually <laughs> used for roti johns. Yeah. And the texture is a bit similar to those used in banh mi. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's crispy outside then soft inside. Then less than $2 only. And I'm recommending it because it's healthier than mantou. Because I realized that mantou is fried. Mm, yes, like is. deep fried, mm. and then it's always soaked in oil. Yes, it is. Yeah, and then mm. if you like substitute the mantou with the jam tao roti, right? Oh my goodness! But you know why it can, is nice, right? Why, the why? mantou together why? with the chili crab, because the mantou is slightly sweet. Yes. So when it's the slightly sweet with the very savory chili crab sauce, mm-hmm. then it makes this very like powerful combination. I mean, jam tao roti is not that bland either. It's not, but it is. It doesn't have the butter sweetness of the... She wants to argue with me on my recommendation. The, the How dare she? <laughs> Excuse me. It's just, my just recommendation. It tastes better. <laughs> okay, well, whatever. You choose. You choose. You want healthy or you want you want tasty? Healthy or tasty? Okay, sometimes can eat the healthy one. Sometimes can eat the not so healthy one. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Alright, we've reached the end of this week's podcast. Thank you, Eliza, for making this podcast with me. And thank you, Jingan, for doing this podcast with me. If you have Googled anything interesting lately, you can drop us a DM or comment on any of our social media accounts and we'll search it up on the show. You can also follow us on our Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook page where we post images of some of the things that we talked about today. You can also help share our show with your friends that might enjoy a comedy trivia podcast. If you'd like to support us, you can head over to our Patreon page and give us a small contribution to help us keep the show running. And now, we're off to record One More Thing, a Patreon-only podcast called One One More More Thing. Thing. So, see see you there. there!